family. Hello, hello. Welcome to My Cousin's Keeper. I am Jacqueline Renee. And I'm Danielle. All right. Episode five. All right. Yes, we're making our way. (laughs) If y'all can't tell, we, you know, we're still working on our intro, but we are here. (laughs) Yes, but we're getting it together, though. It's, It's coming. It's coming along very well. Yes. All right. How have you been? Oh, this week, uh, it's been a struggle, Jesus. It's been a struggle, but um, it, it hasn't been bad, so I'm not gonna totally complain. It's just you know the the struggles of working a full time job, taking care mm-hmm. of a toddler, and being pregnant and fat and tired, and never really having a break. So it is what it is. I'm making yeah. do with what I got, and this week was just a regular week um easter was a pretty good um holiday um saya got to we house hopped we house hopped she got to be with her cousin she got to see her pawpaw and um i got to eat good and it was a good little day i couldn't complain how was um your week and how was your easter it was a good week um, it was definitely a good week, you know. He is risen the whole turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, in the words of uh Kanye Sunday service, we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, good week. I spent Easter in Destin with two of my homegirls. Uh, shout out Chandra and Marie. Uh, happy birthday to Marie. Um, we we stayed at a resort, it was really nice, like. No turning back shit, you know. We all had our own bedroom, own bathroom and shit. Like, beautiful-ass views. Went to the private beach. So, we... Yeah, we we lived. And, you know, that's the type of shit that kind of sets you up to not be able to turn back. So, yeah. And then went to work and had a, had a nice week at work. And then I was off again today because I had put in for... PTO a long time ago and it just kind of was like hey girl here we are again so <laughs> so yeah got I, I uh stayed home and uh caught up on travel plans for the next few upcoming months so that's a good week all right and productive okay I see you mm-hmm. yes yeah, all right girlfriend and you know what else I did what I I revisited my goals for 2019 because, okay. you know, I watched the queen. Um, oh yeah. Before. We got to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I am not going to lie to the people or you. I did not finish the special quite yet, but that, I mean, I was nonetheless inspired along the way for every minute that I have already observed. Um, I will turn it on and finish the last 30, 40 minutes or so, but it still made me whip out my 2019 goals and say, okay, what do you still have left to do, girl? So that part. Yeah. So, so good week so far. Good week. That is awesome. Cause I swear, I told you when you watch it, it's going to make you feel like you just need to get your life together. It made me feel like I wasn't in formation. Like (laughs) I I felt like I needed to get there and I, I swear I'm working on it. You know, it just makes man. 
she just make you realize like it's like what are you doing with your life like mm-hmm. what, what what are you doing she's like superhuman and it's like you need to get your what did she i think she even said it in the um thing like if my country ass can do it so can you i said oh shit right <sighs> why do you have to say that <laughs> so i mean i guess you got a point so now i need to get my lazy ass up and figure but, some shit out but let's be real okay she she talking about her country ass like she been in the backwoods of third ward you know, <laughs> since the 80s, like, girl, you came up out of poverty, like, before 89. Don't do us like that. But I get it. I still get it. <laughs> girl, that part. I was like, oh. But, I mean, I know I'm I'm not going to be on no Beyonce level. But, you know, just make sure you on your own grind, doing your thing and, and, and trying to maximize as much as you possibly can. I felt like that's what she's really saying. Oh, you just do the best of what you got and what you have going and try to maximize and build off of what you got. So, because um, I know I can't be no damn Beyonce. I, I don't, that just ain't. And I, that's fine. Yeah. So it's like it's just it just made me want to do more of what I'm trying to do and take advantage of the things that's coming my way and all these other stuff. So yeah. But it was it was a good one. It was definitely good. I enjoyed it. So Yeah. And you know what? I also saw a random video. Um I don't know if it was a trans girl or if it was just a guy, you know, that really likes to slay in his makeup. Um but he was he must have been on like love and hip hop or something at one point you know i'll watch all of that but he had a little you know monday motivation that was like you know y'all hoes must have thought winter was gonna how long y'all hoes thought winter was gonna last like are you really working on them goals summer is around the corner and Um, you know and if you've been yeah and then also talking about, you know, stop praying for stuff that you ain't ready to do anything about. And that kind of, you know, that snatched me up a little bit. <laughs> because it made me think about things. I'm like, yeah, I want to be able to do this and I want to feel this way. And, you know, you just have your goals, whatever they are. And then when things start to shape up to actually come to fruition and you get nervous and you hesitate, it's like, why are you out here praying for stuff that you don't have any intention of doing anything about when it starts to come to fruition? I'm like, you're right. You are right. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah that is true. Gotta be ready. Be ready, okay? Be ready. So I'm definitely trying to I'm trying to get ready so I so I can stay ready. Yes. And, and all of that and above. I'm, I'm getting information, ladies. I'm getting in now. <laughs> But okay, let's get to this topic for tonight. Okay. So I was watching this sermon uh, called Family Ties. Um, it's I think the church name is Transformation Church, and the pastor is Michael Todd. Um, I follow him on Instagram, and I follow the church on YouTube. Um, I like his preaching style. He's a younger guy, so I feel like you know, he puts a little, his own twist on things. And mm-hmm. when I was watching it, it made me think a lot about our family and a lot of the things that it makes me wonder, like what things that we go through now as adults, is it really, you know, 
the path that we're walking on and the decisions that we're making? Or is it really like generational curses? Like, you know, because a lot of things that I don't know, me personally, some stuff that I see in my life, I can go back and look at our great granny's life and I'm like, oh, she went through the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so it made me want to kind of like talk about that. Like, let's reflect on that. Let's reflect on some of the things. Now, granted, I do feel like our generation, we definitely have broken some of those generational curses. Um, but I still feel like, you know, we might have a little bit of ways to go. The family dynamic has definitely changed from when we were kids to when we are now as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I guess I kind of start with like the generational curses that I feel like the ones that we have broken. Um, one of them that I definitely would say that we definitely have broken, maybe not completely, but majority of us have. Um, none of us was like teenage parents. Mm. Or if, I don't feel like we had kids very young now granted we do have a a few sprinkled here and there but it's not like you know granny you know great our great grandmother when she had my grandma at what 16 15 and then auntie may francis had tempe at like 13 Mm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying so um and then my grandmother had my mom at the age of like 17 or 18 then my mom had me at 16 mm. you know and I didn't have Saya until <laughs> I was 31 so I feel like that has definitely been broken and even though my brother is a little thought thottish <laughs> he shares very well he has six kids oh little but- Rico Rico <laughs> Yeah, Rico Suave, because you know, he has six kids. Five boys and one girl, okay? Oh, he has a girl now? See? Yeah. He just, and she's four months old, four or five months old. And um, she, uh, and he didn't have his first until he was in his 20s. So I feel like you know, some areas were getting a little better. So I was kind of, you know, pounding the back for that. You know, we ain't out here having no babies, you know, 16 and pregnant or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Even though I know your parents are like all down your back. But again, <laughs> we ain't having no kids at no young ages. So, and I think that that is a huge thing because if you think about it, any house which is which would be our great 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 grandmother she raised a lot of her grandkids you know especially when it came to like um like my grandmother because mm-hmm. our granny you know she had two kids before she met granddaddy and um <clears throat> and my grandmother and uncle sherman lived with Annie House mm-hmm. and even like when you know uh, Auntie Mary Francis had Tempe you know she was raised by Annie House too so I think that that kind of the dynamics has changed because even when our parents had us 
it wasn't no really I'm a grandparent and I'm raising the kids anymore. It was like everybody kind of was a mother to their own child. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Say, you know, so um, it wasn't a full-time thing. And I and that's definitely stopped now because ain't no, ain't no grandparents around here raising no kids no more. <laughs> nope. You are 100% right about that. <laughs> ain't going. So I think that was... Um, do you think do you think of any other generational curses that we possibly have broken? Um, so that was definitely a good one. Um, I, you know what I thought you were gonna say um, was, and it's you know, t- hey y'all, you might feel away, <laughs> but I would say like you know, giving up that narcotic uh, in in some ways. Um, yes, definitely. You, you know, we have. I think we've always had a lot of of drinkers and folks that have enjoyed drinks, especially during family gatherings in our family. Um, And definitely haven't shied away from making sure that, that the beers and things are there. Um, But this idea of, you know, family members kind of coming and going or, you know, not being around because they were into using drugs you know or just into the street life just deep into the street life whatever that meant you don't really Mm -hmm. see that anymore um we certainly don't have you know a lot of people that are like in and out of jail or anything like that again like you said maybe a little sprinkle but you know our our siblings and ourselves and our cousins our closest cousins we're not known for that and I think it was just very interesting. You know, I think there are a lot of people that could say that their grandparents or great grandparents had their their parents really young. Like even on my mom's side, my grandmother had my mom when she was 14. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then my mom didn't have me until she was 28. And my mom's still waiting on a grandbaby. So, you know. (laughs) So it definitely, to your point, is happening later. And I think, yeah, something else that maybe I would hopefully attribute it to us just doing better, you know, as a generation or maybe yeah. learning from past mistakes. But you don't <laughs> see us, you know, yeah, it's not a lot of teen pregnancy. And to give credit, you know, to America, because we don't always get it or <laughs> deserve it. But teen, teen pregnancy in general has gone down. So, you know. Our families contributed to that, so you're welcome, America. But <laughs> also, um, you know, just drug abuse, you know, um, substance abuse. I would, maybe not the substance abuse because, you know, alcohol and alcoholism is still a real thing for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, yeah, just, yeah. just being that cokehead, you know, that's coming and going and nobody know where to find you or... Being mm-hmm. that that person is gambling down on the corner and losing money and, you know, taking money or taking valuables, like, those aren't things you have to worry about, whether it's your immediate family or it's your third cousin. And that's, that's good to know. Yeah, because I, I also thought about it, too, like, when we, um, when we were younger, because everybody's family, like, even from listening to the... Um, the sermon, you know, he he's uh, Pastor Michael Todd said that 
you know, every family is dysfunctional. You know, we all think that uh, it's just our family. Our family is crazy, but it's not just our family. It's everybody's family. And I remember when we were younger, when we were kids, you know, it's like, oh, this family is so dysfunctional because we would, we would, you know, we would have like drugs was a, a thing and certain family members that were on drugs, you know, holidays would be a little difficult sometimes or having cookouts used to be a little difficult sometimes because it would always something would all, somebody would break out into a fight or argument and ruin everything like it always it just never seemed to fail. And but now as we have gotten older, I can't even tell. It's been a very, very long time since stuff like that has happened. I mean, a very, very long time. So I think that that's another thing. So it's no more fighting at family gatherings. Right. (laughs) Um, um, And the other thing is, I think another thing that's contributing to us not having kids so early is the fact that a lot of us, one, we're, we completed high school and went beyond. You know, um, yeah. I was talking to your sister the other day, and she brought up this point that... Um, you said you were that, talking to my sister? Yeah, I was talking to your sister, and she was saying, she had brought up the point that um, that grannies, none of her kids ever none of them ever graduated from high school and I was like what Uncle Russell graduated from high school she's like no she's like I don't even think my dad graduated from high school he I think he got a GED or something like that and I was like really I was like I would never have guessed that so 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 for us we're all coming from like even my grandma I know she didn't she didn't graduate high school I think she had got a GED but she got a really good job and you know some of them just had the hustle in them. And um, I think it was my grandma and your dad. <laughs> but um, at least, you know, they made it without having to go through that. And the thing is, is everybody after that, we've definitely graduated from high school and done better, you know? Yeah. So um, I also thought about that one, too. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of contributes to the, you know, not having kids so early because we were occupied. We had stuff going on. We had goals. and But I think that also was because it was drilled into us, too. That's exactly what I was about to say next. Like, <laughs> between your grandmother, who's my aunt, and my father, like, if anybody was a drill sergeant, it was them two. And... <sighs> they both did have kids really young and that probably contributes to, you know, why they didn't finish high school and later got GEDs and they wanted to make sure that after them, like you're going to be right. You're going to be on straight and narrow. You're going to get your education. You're going to, you know, prioritize school and getting good grades and getting out into the real world, getting a job, hopefully a good job where you can support yourself and take care of yourself. And that was always a big message because yeah, my dad was transparent about, you know, being a, a teen father, if you will, and and mm-hmm. how that changed his life. And I'm pretty sure it was similar with his sister, you know, having <laughs> your mom. So so yeah, I think that was a huge factor in why teen pregnancy, at least for us, you know, didn't become the reality that it was for them. 
Right. Yeah, I can agree with that. Now, I do have a question, though. Like, I don't know if, like, when I was saying, like, I don't know if it's just life or if it's just a generational curse. So, I guess you can tell me what you think. If you think it's just life and it's just what's happening or if it's, it could possibly be something that just passed down. Mm-hmm. So, we all know that back in the day, I mean, even now, men just cheat. That's just what they do. <laughs> and um, it don't have to be. Let me say that loud and proud. Y'all don't have to cheat, but that could be a, another conversation for another day. But carry on. Yeah, they don't have to, but they do. And because I was talking to our cousin, um, Candace, aka Hootie, and mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about like, you know, little family stories and stuff like that. And I was telling her how, um, if I was to see a picture of Annie House, I I, I feel like I wouldn't really know who she is because I don't remember. I, well, of course, I would never remember her because I was way too young to remember her. But um, I don't really see pictures of her often. But anyways, needless to say, um, we were talking and we was like, and I was like, are all of her kids by the same man? Because Annie House had 11 kids. And, um, yeah, they all had the same mother and father. And I was like, did he ever cheat on her? And Hootie was telling me the story of um, how she does believe that he, he would mess around, which that was normal back in those days. Men would have whole other families, but they would take care of those families. But, you know, they would live their lives separately. And... I was like, oh, man. And then I thought about it because granddaddy, you know, it was a known thing, too, that granddaddy used to cheat and step out on granny. And um, I was just wondering, I'm like, is that a generational curse thing? Or is that just something that you just deal with because men just cheat? Well, um, this is news to me. Um, I didn't know these wait, things. Wait, what part is news to you? I'm not well versed in the the intimate relationships <laughs> of, of some of the the family members. I don't know what Granny and and Granddaddy went through from that lens. Oh, um, and I I think it was a I think that is 100 a generational thing because of if nothing else one of the biggest factors that makes it generational at least now and today is just how socially connected we are and you're you're right you know men could cheat on their wives back in the day and you know be on the other side of town out of town you know after work like the movie fences you know the mm-hmm. Denzel Washington had a whole other family or a mistress if, at the least and she wound up having a baby men could do that back in the in the 50s and you know there wasn't a social media or a Facebook that you could hop on to see if you could figure out where your husband was um, right. there wasn't just you know or even on the other end there wasn't a mistress or a side chick who could post your man on her social media and, and wind up publicly, you know, essentially embarrassing you by letting everybody know that your man was, was with her. 
Um, mm. But now, you know, when people choose to cheat, because it's always a choice, because if you're grown and you don't want to cheat, then you don't have to. Um, and they wind up getting caught or if somebody exposes them, that was their choice. And in this day and age with social media and being so socially connected with cell phones in general, even if it was just text messaging and being able to send videos and screenshots, you know, and we didn't even have Facebook, you could still spread and share information very quickly and find out that somebody's cheating on you. And then you make a choice from there. So I think, yeah, it's, it's maybe back in the day, you know, men cheated because they thought they could and people convinced themselves that, oh, that's just what they do. But I believe that it's always going to be a choice. And if you choose to be a man that cheats, maybe you should explore perhaps, I don't know, not marrying or <laughs> not being in a committed relationship, not lying to people, because I'm not going to give out excuses, you know, to so-called give men just an excuse to quote unquote be men. Like if you don't want to cheat, you don't have to. You do not have to. And I don't care what kind of man you are, where you are, what the situation is. You can always just leave or you can just be honest and say, hey, not feeling this anymore. Um, I don't feel like men are as oppressed or in situations where they they don't have the same kind of choices that our grandparents had um, anymore. So, yeah, if you want to be an ain't shit man in this day and age, that's that's on you. I agree, but I also feel like too, I don't, I feel like part of it, I just feel like it's just life. And that's just, it just comes with the territory when you deal with men or people, I should say people because women cheat too. But I feel like, um, but I also feel like it is a generational curse because sometimes even though, um, you know, we, our sins and we we have karma that comes back on us but sometimes some of our sins that we're living in we've gotten those sins that's being passed down you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying so to me it's like you know um like it like if you had a dad a father that was a no good always she man and you seen that as a young boy because Let's be real. We raise our daughters differently than we raise our sons. Yeah. And the way that people raise sons have not changed very much. So, um, mm-hmm. and and the whole thing about with boys is, oh, you know, we tell them don't settle down and, you know, sow their oats and, and date as many women as possible and all these other things. So it kind of makes me feel like it is possible possibly a little bit of a generational curse because if you think about it if you I mean because all races cheat it it doesn't matter but I feel like um what was I trying to say I think I feel like I just lost my train of thought (laughs) but um well I can jump in here I think that you absolutely make a good point um about raising boys and girls differently um, and I, I can understand, yeah, more what you mean by becoming a generational thing, because 
yeah, if boys either see for themselves that their fathers are unfaithful or running around town, whatever their, you know, familial situation is, or even if it's just their parents, right? They have two loving parents, but that encourage them to have a different freedom and are lenient on them in ways that they're not lenient on their sisters or, you know, and the girls in the family, then it can definitely lead lead to them having this mindset when they're adults where they think they can have whoever they want, they can do whatever they want, and they never saw daddy settle down, so why why do I have to do the same? Or maybe it's not even that they don't want to settle down. You know, maybe there's a part of them that does, but they just don't know how because they've never seen a a real example of that or the example that they wanted to cling to. You know, they wanted to see their dad as this faithful man to their mom, but they never saw that. So now right. it just doesn't feel like it's something that can manifest within them. So I, I get that, but you can still choose to be better, but, <laughs> but I understand. I, I totally agree. But I feel like, cause you know, um, a couple of years ago we was going through pictures and photo albums at granny's house. Um, and, you know, Granny used to be bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, uh, oh my god. And and then it was pictures of Granddaddy, and he just always looked old. And I was like, how did Granddaddy beg you? Like, I don't understand. And I was showing her a picture of her. So I'm like, Granny, like, how? How did he do this? And she was like, she shut me all the way down, like clutch my pearls and shut my mouth. Do you hear me? She was like, when you get you a man, you will understand. I was like, oh, okay. Oh. So I just, I just shut up and then I kept my mouth closed. But now a couple years, you know, a few years later going through some stuff and <clears throat> and everything, I, I guess I get it now because even though granddaddy wasn't old, he wasn't fine at all. Granddaddy is not a looking man at all. Granddaddy granddaddy took care of home. He made sure Granny had a nice house. Granny always had a nice car. Mm -hmm. The bills were always paid and food was on the table. So I get it. And granted, Granddaddy you know, used to do some stuff that he shouldn't have done. I don't know all the stories, but I know of a few. And um, where he cheated, but I think Granny cheated too, though. But that's that's something we could talk about off air. But I'm not gonna <clears> be putting my Granny out here on Front Street now. <laughs> what? Shoot, that's real life. I think she did. I I do. I honestly think that she. I think she did some payback to him. I really do. But we'll talk about that later. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and so um so I I now as a as an older adult I get it but then it just makes me wonder like you know her mother and father so she saw you know her father cheating on her mother and then she got with the man but I mean he was cheating on her and it's like I feel like I don't know like I said it, it's one of those things where I'm like is it just a, a rite of passage in relationships or is it just 
you know, you're paying for your father's sins, you know, and um, I don't know, but uh, well, I think it's a combination of it can be a combination of both. Mm-hmm. You know, if you again are clinging to maybe something that you wanted from your childhood or your upbringing that you didn't see and then you allow that to kind of take over what your adult life looks like um it's it's almost like if you don't refute the sins of the father adamantly then yeah you'll wind up running into it like you know (laughs) you know me I'm single as a dollar bill baby so I'm (laughs) I'm not out here willing to deal with nobody's bullshit. And and that doesn't mean that I would refuse to like love somebody for who they are, be willing to compromise and, you know, try to cooperate with somebody in a serious situation. But in terms of like frivolous bullshit or, oh, well, my granny got cheated on. So I guess it's going to happen to me. (laughs) No, baby, no, not going on over here. So I think, there yeah. it's acknowledging what happened in the past and knowing that it could make your your life a little bit harder because you know your lens is going to be skewed like you're going to maybe look past things that would and should be red flags because you saw them as being acceptable in the past and it's it's up to us to just be that more, much more diligent to say I'm choosing to have a different life I'm choosing to have a different outcome you know in my situation by not just saying, well, I've seen this before, so I'm going to let it happen to me too. Yeah, understand. Well, I think to wrap this up, I think we're doing really good at breaking some of these generational curses. Mm-hmm. I think we've done very well. I think our parents done very well. You know, I think they gave us some examples, some things to look at, some stuff to see, and we was like, Mm-mm, we don't want that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, but they also did well with guiding us and putting us on different paths which is a good thing and they also broke some of the generational curses too you know with the simple fact of not allowing grandparents to raise us and you know actually being parents and loving and you know teaching us how to love because that's how you learn right you learn it first with the family and um and I think the only thing that I do hate or I ain't gonna say hate because hate is like the, a wrong word but one of the things that I do dislike that I feel like as we have gotten older mm-hmm. I feel like even though we're breaking some of these generational curses I feel like we're not as tight as we used to be because I feel like the older generation like we would come together all the time like we were at granny's house all the time or we were at Tempe's house or so it was always a gathering in some shape, form, or fashion on the weekends, mm-hmm. sometimes during the week, um, all the time. And I feel like as we have gotten older, it, it's not like that anymore. It's not like Granny's house used to be full. And holidays come around, it just be your sister, me, and a few other family members. Like, it's it's the dynamics is so different now. Yeah. I I do miss that big family gathering feeling where we used to always we were always together. Yeah, I definitely think that that's a great point and a valid point. Um and maybe 
not a consequence, but, you know, a result of some of those generational curses being broken, you know, as our parents taught us um, how to value education and to stay focused on education and be able to take care of yourself. At least for me, I'll speak for myself and, you know, our siblings kind of fall in, in the same vein. It puts you in a position where you say, well, I'm grown. I can do what I want. I can live where I want. And we don't live, you know, well, at least I know I don't, you know, I don't live 20, 25 minutes away from my parents and I don't have children to take over to their house on Sunday. You know, like our parents used to take us to granny's house for dinner on Sunday or for a barbecue on a holiday weekend or yeah, sometimes mm. during, especially during, you know, NBA playoffs in the nineties, baby, if, if, if it was that time of year, we was fresh out of school. It could be a Wednesday, Thursday night. If the Bulls were playing, we were at Granny's house. So, yeah. yes, I think that for all the pros that we have as a generation that is less dependent upon our parents, um, definitely less dependent upon grandparents, we also have probably reeled it in too much when it comes to just spending time with family. So, I yeah. think that's a valid point. Um, and I do have a question. Um, okay. Kind of trying to bring the video back in that you watched, because I did watch the video as well. Um, and I know towards the end of the sermon, um, the pastor talked about, you know, cutting toxic family ties. And, you know, he kind of talked about it doing that through church or through counseling. And, you know, what do you think, at least our family and then maybe just families in general, and I feel like we kind of touched on this a little bit before, but what do you think um, families are doing these days to try and continue to incorporate church in their lives? And maybe if it's even not church now, you know, how do you think we're doing with embracing and also teaching about counseling for the future? Um, I feel like, I feel like one, um, counseling, like, uh, like therapy sessions and stuff like that, that is definitely becoming, uh, definitely a more talked about thing and it's becoming more of a norm because I feel like a lot of the times, a lot of people will be like, I'm not crazy. So I don't need to talk to nobody, you know, but, mm. um, Hell, including myself, like, um, I'm not a stranger to therapy. And in all actuality, I literally, that was one of the things I was doing this week was um, trying to find me another therapist. And I'm actually meeting with one of the women that I found online through my insurance tomorrow. Um, I feel like okay. it's a normal thing because we... <laughs> we have a lot of stuff that we need to overcome that I think is just in our genetics from just being passed down with all the slavery and all the it's yeah. just stuff that we carry that we don't even realize that is still affecting us in some kind of way because we don't think about it but sometimes we just need to unpack that stuff and and for me personally, I know I'm going because I need some help coping. I got a lot of stuff going on in my life and I just need some help coping and I need someone to talk to other than my friends. And 
because I feel like friends are biased. Okay, I'm getting into another subject. Sorry. Get into it, girl. <laughs> but um, I feel like it's becoming more normalized. I feel like um, people are taking it way more serious now. And I feel like even in the Black community, it may not be so prevalent, but it's getting there. Like, we are starting to be okay with seeking help and 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 realizing that sometimes us having anxiety is not normal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes us being on edge is not normal and seeking the help that we need. And I think that that is an awesome thing. And white people have been doing it for ever and ever and ever. And we need to start too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think... Um at this point it feels very like much like a pivot um generational wise it feels like our generation is one of the last to um kind of consider and prioritize church um as the you know the go-to when it comes to any issues that we're having or you know fixing things in our lives um a well, lot I don't of, feel like the churches are. I feel like that was more back in the day type thing. Yeah, I'm saying. Like, yeah, like we're we were the the grandchildren of people that made church the priority. So yeah. there are a lot of people within the family that I would say they they grew up with that, but now they are either um, not denouncing it, but they're just not using that as their priority, you know, that they're not saying, oh, I have a problem. Let me just automatically run to my church. And it's still okay if that's what you're doing. I still believe that having a relationship with God, whatever that looks like, is very important. But nobody is prioritizing like, oh, I've got to get down to the tabernacle and they're going to solve all of my problems. And I think more people are, encouraging and leaning more towards actually getting therapy or seeing a counselor to to address their truly personal needs um, to move forward, you know, versus just church thoughts and prayers, because I was kind of thinking about that out loud earlier. Like, you know, as long as the church has been around, especially for us now, like 30 plus years, I haven't seen much change in terms of what church can do for people, you know, to kind of help them to build their families. And I don't want to take away from, you know, churches that are doing the work and all of that. Don't be out here, listeners, cousins, you know, getting mad. But I, I certainly think that it is a good thing that therapy is becoming something that is another option because I, you hit the nail on the head when we're talking about generational curses and trauma from slavery on back you know there's there's just some things that you don't just shake off and I also like you know that you said you know sometimes being anxious and all the things that you can go through mentally it's not normal and you shouldn't have to just try to figure it out on your own and it shouldn't be something that you always just try and pray away like yes pray about it but also figure out, you know, what you can do to really take care of yourself and be at peace with yourself, you know, in the world, like, <laughs> because 
it's real out here and it doesn't just go away so nope not at all you gotta work you gotta put the it's like you got you can't just sit and and that's the other thing too like you can't just anything you do you can't just sit and pray on it and pray on it and pray for it and it's not gonna i mean yeah you can pray but pray ain't no good if you ain't putting no work behind it you gotta put effort towards it too so yes pray on it all you all you can as 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 much as you can but you gotta work at it too at the same time right so faith without works is dead there you go (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i thought i feel like that was that was some good stuff and i feel like they said hey at the end of that sermon it was like you gotta cut them toxic family ties get you some counseling And yes, go to church, but make sure it's a good church, y'all. Don't go thoughts and prayers church and and they don't do nothing for you. (laughs) Well, you know, I feel like I I don't know. I don't really do I haven't been in church in like forever, but I do watch um, Pastor Michael Todd's uh, sermons. I watch them faithfully. So I be feeling like I get my little bit of church on YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. But he be having some really good. I feel like a lot of the stuff that he be talking about, I, I can relate to, and I love that he puts it in terms that I can relate. Like he, even though he's reading scripture, the way he explains it is a way that I can understand it. You know, so I like if I, I can I can't remember where he's actually located at, but if I was to ever go there, I would definitely go to his church or go to one of his sermons or whatever. But, um. I also wanted to just say one last thing. The only thing that I hate about the fact that uh, we don't, as a family, link up as much as we used to is I hate because now that I have kids, I hate that I feel like they're not going to get the same type of like closeness we had because like we were close. You know what I'm saying? Like we grew up together. You know, it's it's different when you like grow up with your. It's like your cousins are your first set of friends. Mm-hmm. Until you go to school, and I I just hate. Well, I feel like my kids may still have that a little bit when it comes to like who these kids and stuff like that. But I feel like because we all are waiting so long and so late to have kids, like it's like it makes it a little difficult. Yeah, but um, I think that's a valid point too. You know, again, another consequence or result of teaching the next generation to to do better you know and whatever our parents uh determined better was you know mm-hmm. yeah it, it it kind of can change how close family really sticks together because yeah you're right I mean we were all always together if we didn't see each other we knew that probably come a Sunday Saturday or Sunday we would see each other at granny house and then we'd be over there plotting to, to spend the night at granny house so we could play all night <laughs> Exactly, and that's, and that's what I'd be like. It's so funny when you see like those memes and stuff. Like, hey, you go ask your mama. I'm gonna go ask my mom. Like that shit was real. Like we used to do that for real. Or when that one meme when it's like a whole bunch of kids all on the floor. Like that was us all pallets on the floor. You know, but we didn't care because we was with our cousins. Yep. So I I do um I do dislike the fact that my kids. I mean. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to say that they're not going to have that, but I just feel like it won't be the same. 
you know. Yeah, I understand though. I get it. All right, let's move on to this. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> I feel like we left on a on a slightly depressing note, you know, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, I personally can't make you no promise. But we'll get you some cousins for your babies. <laughs> <laughs> they got plenty of them, shoot. My brother got six, but it's like he got all these different baby mamas and <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Yes, you might have to host all the children, but um <laughs> I, I just watch them grow up on Facebook. Oh god. <laughs> I know. I be feeling so bad, but it's just like Girl, well, two of them, two of them are doing pretty well, and they, their, their mothers are well off, or you know, living pretty decent, and they only have one of my brother's kids apiece. They got boys, and the other girl, she has three of them, and it's just like, I just, oh Jesus, and it just be a, it just be, a, it's too much, it's too much to keep up, and then you gotta keep up with all these different personalities and. I just I just can't I just don't have the energy anymore for for that right now well you know we might have to work on it maybe we can now that we we know what it is right you know what the situation is maybe we can strategize a way for you know you to make it work even if it's only once a year yeah we'll see (laughs) (laughs) all right Moving on to our Hey Girl Hey. Hey Girl Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. So um, we will lead off. You know, we spoke a lot about church earlier. So why not start with Kanye West Sunday service? So Kanye um, started doing these Sunday service joints out at his home in Calabasas. I think at the beginning of the year where he would have um, a choir singing and some pra- some folks doing praise dances. Kim was there. North is there. One of the other little cousins is there. Uh, I, I know DMX was leading them in prayer at one point. There's been other celebrity guests. It's invite only. And they're claiming that it's not church per se, but it's Christian. It's spiritual. It's like a generic Christian experience. Um, where they sing some gospel songs, but then they're also singing like 90s R&B, you know, to gospel beats in what I I 100% consider slavery attire, um, while Kanye wears some of his, uh, I don't know, Yeezy clothing, his, his sweatshirts and pants that look, you know, a little bit less than, uh, than well-fitted <laughs> to be nice. Um, but yeah, so he he also brought his Sunday service to Coachella and put it out on a green pasture somewhere where they normally run horses and play polo and had a few special guests out there um, while Kim and, and North and friends ran over the hills. So what do you think about the, the Kanye West Sunday service? I only got one word. Cult. It just seems like a cult to me. I just, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Like, I feel like Kanye is trying to have like his own little world. Like, it's just, 
don't, but I feel like I sound like a hater though. And I don't, I don't want it to seem like I'm no hater because I'm not hating. I want him to do whatever he be great. But it's just when every time I see the little clips, um, on Instagram, it just looks like a cult to me. Like, the hell well, you doing? I don't know. I, maybe I'm just maybe it's me. Um, you know, I don't feel like your thoughts you know, sound completely far-fetched. You know, again, the the uh, the slave attire doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people talked about it all week, of course, right? Because this is all, the Coachella part at least happened, I believe, on Easter. Um, there was an Easter service. I don't know where it was. But, you know, there are people that, especially people that are in the choir or associated with it because, you know, the black community these days gets smaller and smaller, social media gets bigger. And now, you know, we're probably not far removed from people that are working with major artists, you know, like there are a lot of people from my university that were a part of Beyonce's homecoming performance, you know, shout out to anybody from FAMU that was in it. And Mm -hmm. I've seen people on social media who know people that are part of Kanye's choir or, just watching and listening to other um, podcasts. Like I was listening to Kev on stages podcast, one of his podcasts um, yesterday. And Mm -hmm. there was somebody that he knew that was a part of it, you know? So these are people that are a part of the music industry, probably living out in LA or, you know, just exploring opportunities for sure. And they're all on board and they think that everybody else should be too. And it's kind of like, so you want me to ignore 2018 completely? Is that what you're asking me to do? Mm -hmm. Because my thing is this, Kanye can do whatever he wants to do. He can sing whatever songs he wants to sing. He can promote and produce whatever he wants to. I think if he wants to kind of get back closer to God and he wants to create an experience that he believes is conveying his um, act of seeking redemption, fine. But my issue is Kanye has exhibited a pattern of behavior for years now. Like we can go back to the Yeezus tour when he was feeling himself and he was out here talking about, I am a God. And he was putting out merch that had Yeezus on it or Confederate flags or all this crazy shit and then was charging crazy prices for it. And then he went on the Yeezus tour and, you know, and went about his business when it was over and then created a new shock value event after that for the St. Pablo tour. And then he went on that tour and what had a breakdown halfway through that shit. And then next thing you know, he starts popping up with Trump and then he comes back with more craziness last year talking about supporting Trump and slavery was a choice and all this shit. And now he's certainly showing us that he's chosen his own goddamn slaves to be a part of his Sunday service. And it's like... And he was selling merchandise. Wasn't it the Coachella one? He was selling like $70 socks. I heard that on the Joe Budden podcast today. Yes, there were socks. Literally one said church, the other said socks. They were like 50, 70 bucks. 
There were sweatshirts, sweatshirt that said Holy Spirit on it for two twenty five. Like what I don't like is you taking your effort to redeem yourself and doing it in a way that basically, you know, I'm I'm trying to find the words. You basically are saying, hey, black people, I know y'all like church. I know y'all like God and Jesus. So let me try and get back in your good graces by bringing Jesus into it. Mm -hmm. And what. And I'm fine with you, you know, getting back closer to God. I'm fine with you um, maybe, you know, finding a way to uh, increase your spirituality by also bringing vibey music choir shit into it. But don't merch it, you know, with $225 sweatshirts, number one. And I just, this is just a part of your pattern of behavior I'm more interested to see where Kanye is going to be come November of this year when things start to heat up for the next presidential um, campaign and and race. And I want to see what he has to say about Trump then. And honestly, any other candidates that are running, I'm interested to see where, where he chooses to open his mouth and put his foot back in there. Because we we about ten years strong with him, you know, going up and down and back and forth with us. I'm not yeah. playing and with him no more. I'm not falling for these games. <laughs> yeah, I I just I just can't rock with it. I just feel like it's a cult. I feel like he's trying to build his own world, and I ain't with the world, so he he can have it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, can. yeah, Kanye, we got our eye on you. Because you're trying to pull a fast one on us and we not dumb. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, on to the next one. Um, I really wanted my sister to be on here because she's an educator and then you are a parent. So I was really interested in getting both of your perspectives. But I oh, mean, um, but it's all good. So still would love to hear yours and get your thoughts. So a principal in Houston... Um, decided to create a dress code for parents. And that dress code is essentially um, kind of taking the uh, very relaxed look that some parents have had as they've come to do business um, for their students or with the students on these, on this high school's campus. um, And, and they feel like it, it's gone too far. So the principal, um, I let's see, let me see if I've got her name here. Her, her name is Carlotta Brown. Um, and this is Madison High School down in Houston, Texas. And uh, Principal Brown said that the parents will not be permitted to enter the building wearing satin caps slash bonnets, hair oh. rollers, Leggings exposing their butts, do-rags, pajamas, uh, wife-beater-style tank tops, um, house slippers, sagging pants, short shorts or daisy dukes, um, head scarves, crop tops, um, and uh, dresses that are up to your behind. (laughs) So... um, my initial thoughts, just real quick, I'm like, damn, like, how much are we going to police black adults? How much are we going to police black people, right? 
Um, Principal Brown is a black woman. She's fairly tacky, if I do say so myself. Like, <laughs> um, so somebody might want to give her a dress code, but I digress. But, you know, how much are we going to police these black parents, you know, who are just trying to drop their kids off or pick them up? But then I did learn, <coughs> excuse me, that one of the mothers, um, was trying to enroll her child in the school with a t-shirt on that she was trying to pass off as a dress and a headscarf. And I feel like that's different and draws a different line. Um, I don't know if it needs to, we need to be doing all that if you're going to be spending more than five minutes on school premises. And that's including being in and out of your car to pick a child up. So You'll have this coming down the road where you have to be a parent that has to be involved with the school system. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, first of all, I feel like, I don't know. I, okay, I drop my baby off school every day. And even, you know what? In some days, even the days that I'm I'm not going to go to work and I'm drop, I'm just dropping her off and I'm going back home, I still get up. I may not get totally like dressed like jeans, t-shirt and stuff like that. I'll still put on a pair of sweatpants, a big t-shirt. I'm not about to walk out the house half dressed. Like that's just, that's even, I think it's all about how you carry yourself because I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even one of those people that's about to walk in Walmart in pajamas or house shoes. I don't walk around outside in house shoes. House shoes are supposed to be in the house. Keyword house shoes. Um, so I just hate the fact that it has to be uh, a dress code thing versus it's not a known thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not a given. I feel like people should, first of all, you coming up to school in a t shirt, a, a tank top, I mean, a t shirt that. It was probably like a wife beater. It was probably her boyfriend's wife beater, and you trying to wear it like it's a dress. Nah, it was an oversized t-shirt. Like think like concert tee, but it was you know too big, and then mm-hmm. she had on like a pink scarf. If if that was the parent in question, but just consider that look. <laughs> that that's just not. Mm-mm. You shouldn't even. You shouldn't even be wanting to walk out the house like that. Not even, and if you got on a big oversized t-shirt, then put some leggings on underneath that, or put on some jeans or some sweatpants underneath that. Like cover, cover your stuff up, C- cover up. Yeah, I mean, you know, because again, at first I'm like, I don't know, like I think I had on my black Twitter hat, and I was just like, oh, here they go again, policing black bodies and. We can't be ourselves anywhere. But then I'm like, and you know, people also said they didn't want the children to wind up getting bullied, you know, as a result. And I did say, well, if there's no concrete evidence of kids getting bullied already, it sounds like an easy excuse. But I do agree. There should be a natural, you know, decorum that you have about yourself. I mean, our ancestors, our, you know, forefathers, grandparents, whoever, they would get 
dress down just to go to the corner store. Mm-hmm. Just what? because girl, Granny wouldn't walk out the door without a face full of makeup, fresh outfit, girl, hug jeans and everything had to be orange and creased. Right. Down to her bandanas that she used to wear on her head, and her bandanas had to match her shirt, girl. <laughs> effort, okay, <laughs> putting forth effort in a look, and I don't think that it should be asking too much to say, "Hey, put a pair of, you know, a a, a casual pair of jeans on." And I get it, like if you don't want jeans with the butts ripped and all that, that's fair because. Ripped jeans are, I think, a luxury and a privilege. They aren't acceptable everywhere, um, especially to a certain extent. So if that's something that you don't want the parents wearing, I think that's cool. Um, People have abused leggings. So even with a long T-shirt, that's typically not what you see anymore, unfortunately. You see people wearing as little as they can along with the leggings. Um, But yeah, I I think it... As a parent, you also got to put yourself out there because you also got to think about it as do you would you want some would you want your kids to see somebody's butt and vagina and boobs and penis prints? You know, I feel like as an adult, as a woman, one, I mean, what you said, this was high school, but still you I don't want my kids seeing all your goodies. So therefore, I don't want your kids to see mine. So therefore, I'm going to think about it a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like, just cover up. Just, I mean, it's not that hard to do. So I'm not, I'm not, I hate the fact that it has to be something that has to be said. Because it's like, I feel like that's just a natural given thing. But, I I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to knock her for coming up with it because if that's how people are really showing up, that that is embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. And I'm so glad my mama ain't never showed up nowhere like that for me. And and the funny thing is, my mama never showed up like that, but my mama, you know, she was always very attractive. So I used to hate it because the boys in the class were like, oh, your mama's so bad, your mama this, your mama that. And I was like, stop looking at my motherfucking mama, you know? So... <laughs> And she was covered up, but you know, so the people that's coming in there ratchet, they just ratchet as hell. They get their lives together. And right, and I feel bad because it, it, you know, you know what it makes me think of. It just makes me think like, why isn't there an effort to maybe at least positively encourage the parents to want to dress better, like? You know, what I think of is LeBron's I Promise School and how he's not only helping the students, but I remember when the school opened, he said one of the initiatives would be to help the parents find work or find, you know, basically a a more dignified or a better life going forward for themselves and not just educate these kids better and have them wind up leaving their parents and their community and nothing got better, you know, locally. Mm. And I just can't help but wonder, like, is there nothing that could be done at the school to encourage parents to dress better by involving them in the community in a different way? And I know that takes a a huge effort. I know it's not something that happens overnight, Um, but 
you can't help but think that if somebody's mom is showing up like that or dad is showing up like that, maybe they don't have nowhere else to be. You know, maybe they're not working. And maybe there is something that could be done through the school to bring awareness to the need for some of these parents to, to get jobs. Because when your parents work, they show up in uniforms or dress codes that for work. You know, right. they not they don't look like they rolling out the bed because they're not. And unfortunately, it's probably a lot of parents like that that are just getting their kids to the school and they are not, they're maybe not actively employed or they're unemployed right now, or they might just really be on assistance and just out here living. And maybe this is an opportunity to say, hey, this community needs some more help in um, encouraging the adults to get work, find work, you know, be more productive throughout the day which would in turn require them to have a better dress code you know naturally day to day I don't know anyways um we'll move on uh from that when when I have my sister on when we have our my sister on we'll definitely ask her from an educator perspective because she has been a principal before um in the middle school setting so I'm sure she's seen some things I would love to hear what her thoughts are and see if she would actually um, implement a dress code for the parents. Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, so last on our Hey Girl Hey, um, Little Miss Jordan Woods back in the news. Um, she's been slowly but surely, you know, resurfacing online. I saw some story where uh, Little Miss Jordan Woods went to Nigeria. And she was out there hanging out with the Nigerians and with some other folks that were local to Africa. And um, she did some local community work. And I'm not sure if it was an interview. I believe it was an interview um, that wound up getting uh, added on Twitter where she said she finally realized how it felt to be a Black woman in America after her her scandal with... with Tristan Thompson and uh, Chloe, Chloe Kardashian. And yeah, so uh, little Miss Jordan Woods, uh, finally black in 2019. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that she had it that easy out here, but I guess she didn't know what the girls were going through. Okay, first of all, maybe I'm just being ignorant because I'm just hearing this. Please elaborate on what she meant by she finally understands what black women been going through because you was a thought. Oh, so what? I, I'm confused. Oh, my bad. I forgot you were here for little Jordan Wood. <laughs> no, I was not. Like, <laughs> what? Because you, you got held to the fire because you out here being a slut bucket. Whew, okay. and so what you trying to say? Like, black women, girl, what? Please elaborate. um well let's see um i didn't really read the article let me see oh girl we got some breaking news um our favorite r kelly h52 um hold on let me let me pull up my twitter here um let me uh so let me see if I can quickly find the Jordan information. If not, I am, I will gladly move right on uh, to the breaking news. I won't let it. 
We don't need to talk about that thought box. Like, ain't nobody got time for her. Oh, Lord. Black woman in America, bitch. Could you kiss the girl? Well, I will say, yeah, Jordan. We, you know, I, I, I'll speak for myself. I was trying to ride with you. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. But when you say things like that, you don't make it easy for yourself because now all of a sudden you're you're admitting that you were naive and oblivious to the realities out here, but. Child, um, so let's see here. Um, so from what I'm seeing a couple of days ago, um, it looks like there was an, a sexual abuse accuser who won a civil suit. And then um, a few hours ago, R. Kelly will reportedly fight the sex abuse case he just lost. So sounds like he, um, he is out here uh, going through some some real issues now. Things are happening. Things are in motion. Um, Why did he take his ass to court? He didn't. He she only won by default because he didn't show up. But now you want to fight it now when you should have just showed your dumb ass up to court. I can't deal. Are Kelly about to make me angry? <laughs> Maybe because we were just talking about that thought box. It's just uh <sighs> Okay, I just can't stand the silly shit right now. I just can't. You you about to tell me that you now you about to fight this civil case because she won because you didn't show up to court. And I think he said he didn't show up to court because he was stressed out. Nigga, you know how many people are stressed? Boy. Okay, go ahead, girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still looking. So there's apparently just a lot happening right now. Um but yes, you're 100% right. You know, when you don't show up to court, then you basically, you know, you fuck yourself over. I won't say any more legal terms that I don't know the meanings of, but it does not help. So yes, this woman won her civil sex abuse case after R. Kelly fails to appear in court. Um, I don't know why in the world he would say that there's any reason he can't show up. But honestly, at this point, we know that just is another obvious reason that we're not talking about someone who is innocent um sorry for anybody that just doesn't want to accept that um i'm also seeing that there will be a surviving r kelly follow-up on lifetime i saw that today i saw that and i was like are you freaking serious like do, do we have to keep this going like why why do we have to keep this going? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm probably going to watch anyway, though. But I just I just feel like, why is it still going? Like, can we just get through these court cases? Like, why are y'all still making shows? Well, I think the problem is that it's easy to do when he continues to not fulfill his obligations, not show up in court, um, and then you continue to give you know the other side if you will victims um survivors you know people with the story you continue to give them the platform and i think again it just speaks to him being guilty and but the problem is i don't know what's taking so long for things to just get rolling in court and i really thought that i saw a breaking news that said that he had a bail set um 
at a million dollars, but now I can't find that. But I think it's just, a, you know, now that he's out of money, everything is basically starting to quickly unravel. And there are people, and obviously, you know, Lifetime, let's, be, let's face it, they are certainly milking this situation for everything mm-hmm. that they can. They already mm-hmm. made a ton of money and got a ton of exposure off of the original set of the docuseries. Um, so, you know, why not keep that ball rolling in their minds? And I, I personally do feel like, yeah, like, all right, we're kind of dragging this out now, people, but they're keep getting those coins as long as they can. But, yeah, uh, yeah I didn't even, I, I mean, you know, I was looking for stuff to talk about. I'm like, damn, I didn't see uh, R. Kelly age 52 had all this action going on today. Um, mm. That man, I just don't understand. It's just like, you don't show up to court, but it's like, but now you want to fight this, but you should have took your, got your butt up and went it handled your business. If you are an innocent man, you need to be at every court case. Every court case. It don't matter if it's the most frivolous thing to you or if your lawyer told you that this case doesn't matter. No, every case matter. Get your butt up and go sit in that court and try to plead your case. But for you to not show up, like, come on, dude. And then now you want to, boy, I ain't got time for R. Kelly. He making me mad. It's like the older I get, I used to be so in love with him, but it's like the older I get, I'm like, why? You, no, I would never. You can ugh, just sing. I'll watch you in concert. Every, not, I don't even want to do that no more. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't even want to do that no more. Like, just get your life together, my dude. Well, you know, thoughts and prayers, Kells. You know, I'm sure Bruce is getting the bed hot and ready for you. I think it's coming soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, we won't do that to little Jordan Woods. I think we wrapped it up on her, Kells. You know, y'all are well, basically, you know, y'all are all still on the hot mess list. But yeah, yeah. annoying the hell out of me because. The stupidity is at our all-time high right now. I can't do it. <laughs> but that is it for Hey Girl Hey. So um, now we'll get into wrapping things up. So thank you again for tuning in to another episode. Um, yeah. You can find us on Instagram at, what is it? My Cousin's Keeper Podcast. Yes. Yes, that's right. And on what? On the Facebook called um, My Cousin's Keepers Podcast, too. And then if you all want to email us, you can email us at mycousinskeeper1 um, at gmail.com. Yes, you can email us. Now, if y'all start emailing us too crazy, we'll get a new email and a backup. But. <laughs> That might not happen too soon. Hop in our DMs, so we yes. have to see it. Yes, utilize the DMs. Utilize them. Um, but yes, uh, give us your feedback. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, we're going to keep it going for you. But yes, uh, once again, uh, signing off, I am Jacqueline Renee. 
And I'm Danielle. Good night. All right. Have a good night.